Uh, hello. Welcome back to For the Love of Life uh, with Latea. That's me. Um, so on today's episode is a recording with my boy Bri. Um, he, I trained jiu-jitsu with him. I think he's a stand-up dude. Always makes me laugh. And I consider him a lover of life. He seems like one. He seems like he's having a good time. Uh, so we had a little convo here to share with you. And um, just a little reminder that For the Love of Life is about uh, loving all of the things in life. So the, the, uh, the end result and the process, the refined and the unrefined. So guess what? We recorded in Brian's car. It was toasty in there. We opened the window. You're going to hear some background noise. And uh, we're just going to embrace it because what can you do, you know? Uh, so I love it. I love it. And uh, without further ado, here is a unrefined introduction and conversation. Enjoy. So here, I've just pushed... It's just recording, so okay. just gonna put that up here. How do you think our sound is? Well, we'll find out later. So you've recorded before in the car, and it's turned. Yeah, out when good. I when I did the one with Mark, we just put it there. Okay. And just chatted, and okay. that seemed to be fine. Okay, so, so I guess I'd introduce myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who the heck are you? <laughs> okay, my name's Brian. Thank you for coming to my talk. Uh, how long have we known each other now? Three, Three and a half years. Yeah. Yep. Three and a half years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting. Like I'm glad I'm glad we're doing it because not only is it something that, you know, you do as a creative endeavor and it's it gives a chance for friends of yours to to participate in that, but it's also probably the only time we've chatted for any length of time right. outside of jiu-jitsu. True. Which is interesting. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah, even though it's been three and a half years. Yeah. So yeah. um that's that's what I think is cool about it as well. Whatever we end up chatting about, it's something that uh, we probably wouldn't have done mm. if it wasn't for this. Hopefully Just because we can stay friends by the end of the conversation. I mean, yeah, we're I'm both pretty confrontational. <laughs> it might all go sideways, yeah. and you might be out of the car very quickly. Yeah, but I don't think so. All right. Oh, before we like one thing that I, this was the only question that yeah. I wanted to ask you. I was like, okay, so now that I'm gonna have, because I'll probably talk to a few people that I train jiu-jitsu with mm-hmm. and before so I, I know that I said that this is going to be all about this is just your episode you take the reins like talk about whatever you want uh, but one thing be, by the way. first let's make it about me so I want to know yeah. if you could describe what it's like to do jiu-jitsu with me in like as few words as possible I already know my word for what it feels like to roll with you or like mm. how I think about it what yeah how would you describe like yeah just what what what's it feel feel like That's what's a, my style mm. That's a good one. Um, it's almost okay. The obvious one is movement. I know mm-hmm. it sounds like an obvious one, or it sounds like like too cliched, but I find with you, you move constantly, which is a very good thing. So, it's enjoyable, which is similar that we get with people kind of like Eden and Ray used to be the same. Mm-hmm. So for you, the word is movement, and probably. Ex- like experimental. And nice. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I noticed that too, which is great. I like, I like rolling with you because you never, you, 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 we're not, we don't butt heads. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. Like, you're not afraid to, in a particular position, to just try something that might be risky, mm-hmm. but it gets us all moving. Yeah. You know. And, and then if it puts you in a trap, you'll tap, we'll go again, and vice versa. So it makes me more willing to try stuff out, which I really like. Because I, with some other 
people, you know, and you can probably guess who, depending on styles. I fall into the trap of just button heads, and that's not and as much fun. just trying to, like, hold and control yeah, with, like, at all costs. Like. Exactly, yeah, like, if somebody's really trying to hold a position, and you know, you felt this, if somebody's really committed to keeping you in side control or keeping you in, you know, a Keskit Hammy or something, and you, you can tell that they're putting everything in to keeping you there as opposed to trying stuff, um, I, I just find you get less out of that. So yeah. with you, I always find, and it's probably because we're probably around a similar weight and size, we, we move. We don't, mm -hmm. we're not focused on pins and we're not even that focused on submissions. We're trying, but we're more uh, focused on just trying to get to the next thing. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. movement and probably experimentation. Experiment. Exper yeah, whatever way I would phrase it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Sometimes I feel like some of the, um, like I get to like discover things, you know, when I just mm -hmm. try something or I'm not even, if I'm like in a position, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Just, I'll just do anything. Yeah. And, and sometimes, sometimes I learn that's not the right thing to do because I immediately end up, you know, squashed or submitted. And sometimes I learn, holy moly, like how to get under someone's hips or like elevate them in a certain way. And like, you get to feel this. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, but yeah. my word for you Go is on. jerky. Because, oh really? Because <laughs> I feel like because you're like you manage to you're moving a lot, yeah. but you're also um, like it's just like you're always taking away space, you know. Right. So you'll like create a little bit of space, but at the same time you're just always like pulling it in, pulling like getting <laughs> shaking the whole yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's how I feel like. That's good. I mean, I, when I first heard the word, I I, I was like, a little worried because like I thought meat. you meant that I'm spazzy. Mm -mm. But you're, I see what you're saying. Not jerky like an attitude, like jerky like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, like. Like a movement thing as well. Like a movement. That's like good. Like if you kept like pumping the brakes or doing something like, it's, it's, you know, some people are very like smooth and flowy to mm -hmm. roll with. Mm -hmm. And, and I hope to get there. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah, I see what you're saying. I do have that. Sorry, I keep adjusting this because it's, okay. it's a bit too loud. It's fine. Um, I see what you're saying. Just every time that you, like you're, you're moving, you're not staying in one position, Yes. but you're always like, Adjusting and pulling like I just pulling everything in tight you like bring your knees in tight mm -hmm. and your elbows in tight to your hips And it's mm -hmm. so frustrating to roll with you. I avoid yeah. it a lot because I'm like it's it's not fun But that means that you're good at jujitsu. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know what? It's fun It's good to hear that because that's fine for me if my main goal all the time is to succeed but maybe I need to look at that and force myself to not always use that style or just to 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 do a little, to take a leaf from your book and experiment more and open up more because mm. it's not a good thing if I'm and maybe it's subconscious I don't think I mean I'm not aggressive and I'm not spazzy but maybe I'm too worried about giving any space at the expense of trying other positions so I tr you know what I mean like mm. maybe I could do that more because I think I spend so much time rolling and you probably do too with all the bigger people mm -hmm. you know all the big like the yeah, I don't even drop names, you know, all the all the names, the Turtles and the Evans and the, <laughs> the I'm dropping them anyway, all the Maple Ridge guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, all the you, big have dudes. Have you come to Langley yet? No, not recently. I was there once Dude, and you've got to. Um, those lads are all huge, yeah. And, and yeah. so rolling with all those people has probably led my style to be like that because I've been forced to close down all the space because if you give them anything, mm -hmm. you know. But on the flip side, I would like to be a bit more flowy course that's the goal everybody want and the more knowledge you get the more flow you can be because you can open up mm -hmm. you know so um that's good feedback to hear because it's not a bad thing but it's good for me to realize that if i lean too much on that 
it's not it's not always the best so. yeah 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 but I also called you the backpack for a while because you just go straight to my back and just yeah I like so then I can just I'm, I can defend for as long as possible but escaping from your back is really hard and you're really mm -hmm. good at getting there also mm -hmm. but maybe we can set an intention like a little goal today that when we do roll we'll like you know we'll be like okay we're not necessarily trying to win mm -hmm. or even get a submission necessarily but just yeah. like focus on like movement and transitions and like keeping it yeah keeping it keeping going. it moving definitely yeah but that's good it's 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 easier to learn that kind of thing when you actually like set that intention prior to so like yes. you go into the role and you know that hey we're not trying to it's not a fucking war right now yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. we're not it's not about just because then because then you're willing to give a little bit of space and try mm -hmm. things because you know that you know which is why you know rolling and this is everybody will say this you, you hear this in all all the different gyms is rolling with the higher belts is often more enjoyable because it's almost like there's a mental thing of you're not trying to win because you know you won't mm -hmm. and you don't have to mm -hmm. so like if i'm rolling with daniel or when it was davi or with justin i wouldn't i would probably enjoy that more because i'm not thinking about what i have to do to win or to submit them i'm just thinking about what the next thing is so like how do i escape this and what can i try now mm -hmm. how does it go when you roll with them like do they let you do stuff or do they just like tap you out 15 times in five minutes and then they're like hey you're doing really great yeah both <laughs> i think yeah, I'm sure it's the same with you. It, I think it depends because they dictate it. You know, it depends. Honestly, depends on. I think. I mean, they'll tell us, but I feel that it depends what mood they're in. Mm. So, mm -hmm. someone like Daniel or Justin, if they're in a playful mood and they just want to warm up, they'll let you get take their back, mm -hmm. or they'll let you. They'll sit back in the half guard and just let you try and pass, or let yeah. you try and pin them, and then at the whenever they want, they'll go. But sometimes, you know. Um, you know that it, when, they, when it switches, you know. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm sure you felt it. There's oh, been times yes. with, say, Justin or, 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 or Davi or whoever, when if they want to practice their finishes, they will, and you'll know, because you're straight away defending a choke. If they want to get there, they'll get there. So yeah. it, it's kind of up to them, isn't it? Yeah. You know? There's a, in Langley, there's a black belt named Todd and there's a brown belt named Andrew. And Todd will be like, He'll be like, all right, Latea. He's like, why don't you beat me up for five minutes? And yeah. I'll take the bait. I'm like, okay, that sounds like a fun thing. And then, you know, we like slap hands or whatever. And he just immediately just submission after submission after submission after submission after submission. Yeah. But every time he's like, oh, you're doing really well. You know, and, be, and I'm like, how can you tell? Because yeah. for me, it feels like as soon as we touch, you, you just you break my posture pull me yeah, into whatever yeah, position yeah. and tap me out immediately and same and andrew also like <laughs> it'll, it's the same thing every time i'm just like okay well let's just try to not let you do what you're doing but so they'll just submit me so many times in a few minutes and it's so i don't know i think it's so interesting because then it, you know i can get positive feedback they're saying like you're doing well but obviously it doesn't feel that way for me so mm -hmm. but i mean they obviously know a lot yeah because i think what they're probably looking at is and this is the fascinating thing about jiu-jitsu you know there's so many le levels of depth mm -hmm. and at each level you know I, I get this visualization of of these graphs or whatever and so at each belt level you have the depth of knowledge and you think that's as far as it goes and then you go up in the depth you know it gets deeper it's like as you go higher it gets deeper yeah it gets as deeper well, so below, like exactly so we have this depth now after a number of years that that is you know significant that we might think for us it is mm. but you compare it to, to somebody like todd or, or davi or justin or any of these black belts it's just so much deeper in so many more years and the little details that they're looking at that might not come up in an average class 
Like they're looking at how you turned your shoulder a certain way when you're trying to escape the back or how you, you know, positioned your knee or what, you know, most of the time it's defending. Mm -hmm. But if you defend with those little details better than the last time, then they'll, that's their reason for saying you did well. Whereas for us, yeah. we just feel that we're getting tapped out. Yeah. So the details, it's fascinating because, you know, the longer we do this, the more details we see exist that you didn't even know existed, you know? Mm -hmm. Like that's what blows my mind every month and every year is how it just grows. It's like this little nebulous cloud that just keeps growing. Nebulous. So, I don't know if nebulous is the right word. I think no, 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 no. But the like, nebulous is the big cloud in space. That's, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Ever expanding and all that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But that's kind of, that's what I think gets me, keeps me coming back because, yeah, whatever we think we know, and it's mad because if you told somebody or, or if yeah, if you told somebody I'm going to do a hobby, come back to me in five years. I'm going to do it three times a week mm -hmm. or two times a week, and in five years' time, you know, we'll chat. And they'll probably think in five years you're going to be an expert because mm -hmm. if you do anything three days a week for five years, you know, piano or guitar or, or ballet or whatever it is, you're going to be pretty good, probably, right? I hope so. And yet, wh where are we on the entire like totem pole? <laughs> I know, I we are sorry. just off the floor. You um, know, not you. You're getting like you're climbing. Uh, yeah. So are you, man. We're 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 quite well evenly matched. Like, <laughs> no, I, I I really think so in terms of like overall skill and movement and knowledge. Like, yeah, there's little details, but people like me and you and and um, Hero and mm -hmm. like Turtle and I think we're all. That's why we have good roles because we're all quite similarly matched. Mm. Um, and then then there's a big gap between the Browns and the and the yeah. and the Black Belts. So, yeah, I don't know, man. When did you start? 2000 and uh, it was just after I moved here. It was Christmas 2015. 2015. Yeah, so almost six years. It'll Whoa. it'll be six years this December. Yeah. Whoa. And yeah. do you remember why? What is why you started? Still, why you do it? No, not really. I uh, the why was largely curiosity. I think. You so, because like, you watched like yeah. MMA and stuff. Yeah, watched MMA and heard about it and um, from Joe Hogan or Joe Hogan, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Joe Hogan and uh, Edgy Bra, yeah, <laughs> and all the boys. Yeah, so for sure, there's this curiosity that anybody who watches MMA at some point will face this question of should I try it. Mm. Um, so that was the one that brought me in, and then. You know, like most people, it was ups and downs the first few months because you know I questioned it and I didn't love it, and I kind of I think a big part of it coming back was just, you know, I'm going to prove to myself that I'm going to give it a chance. You know, mm. I don't want to, I don't want to give up at the at the first spot of difficulty, which for just because it's difficult. Yeah. Or, yeah. So yeah, so it was curiosity at first, and then it, it really wasn't until kind of year two or three that I really enjoyed it. Like the first year was survival. Whoa! For me. Holy yeah. shit! Good for you for just like sticking through. Yeah. That. No, let me, let me. I'll clarify. It's not. It's not that I hated it, but I enjoyed the workout. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed learning, and I enjoyed kind of uh, the feeling of being active and, and doing work, and working out. Right. Mm -hmm. But from a knowledge point of view, I mean, it was it was demoralizing because it was not knowledge from a competitive point of view yeah because you remember the first year I mean yeah. week after week after week after every single person you roll with destroys you mm -hmm. you know and then only after a year maybe with a brand new white belt you might hold your own or something so 
and it's a it's a big and again this is this is well talked about in every jiu-jitsu discussion but it, it's a huge kind of challenge to the ego you know and and it stings you know that first year there were plenty of times when i was like why why do i do this you know mm -hmm. um but you get over that first hump and that's when i started to enjoy it now some people are different some people will say they, they loved it from the first day you know but i didn't it was more just determination and I did. I like something about it, but I just didn't really appreciate like the weekly um, habit of it until probably year two. What about for you? Whoa, that's crazy. I was like, as soon as I started, I was like, you I love, love this, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's just because it was a totally different thing for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need something that's gonna totally just like shake up my whole world and change my life and like teach me how to be a good person. And I was like, and this is it. So we're all in. And so I joined and then, yeah, it was just awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely don't like the feeling of, not, not even like people just um, like beating you up all the time, but you know, sometimes when someone will be like totally letting you do whatever and you're just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I know that yeah. you're giving, you're like giving me your arm right now. Like, please take it, yeah. leaving their neck exposed. And like, when you're just like, oh, I'm too stupid to be able to know what to do with this. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Um, so that was rough. Or even like <laughs> when, uh, I think, yeah, I don't know. Just be, just seeing like what's possible, you know, like when you mm -hmm. roll with someone like Debbie or just like even you roll with a purple belt or something mm -hmm. when you're a white belt and, and you can just like feel the like effortless power that they have. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, that's, well, that's possible if mm -hmm. I just, if I keep showing up. Yeah. Uh, that I can... I can also know, you know, how to do that. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, for me, and that kind of keeps me around. But also, I think I, I, I want to use it as, like, this physical practice to, like, train my mind, mm -hmm. you know? Because I'm someone, obviously, you know, I cry a lot in class. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I just get overwhelmed quite lot. easily. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean... Well, I remember it, there there is something about uh, really strenuous physical activity and struggle that brings for some people mm -hmm. I've had it too and it happens in competition when you're nervous and stuff but there is something about it that that brings up like brings up a lot of emotion because it's it's you're exhausting your body in a way that you've never done before you mm -hmm. know certainly with jiu-jitsu that was the case with me I'd never you know growing up in Ireland most people you play football or, or Gaelic football or you'd run or like it was just these average normal not average but like normal sports that everyone does and in those situations I'd never individually put my body in a situation where I was completely exhausted mm. you know so that happened for the first time with Jiu-Jitsu and I remember in the early years um, there were times when like you remember you used to have a really hard roll or something and you mm -hmm. go to get changed and I, I felt tearful just getting changed because I could oh, you did? yeah I could <laughs> feel like there was a couple of times where I could I couldn't explain why like yeah I got my ass kicked or whatever but it was more just like I was so exhausted with what I just went through that I was kind of just broken and I you know I, I could feel the tears well enough but it wasn't any one reason you know so um so I'll, I'm just saying that because I'm saying for you it's not that uncommon mm. for people 
they might not see it and they might not break out in tears in class but I would say there's a lot of people that when they go close the door and get changed you know there's a lot of emotions come out when you're exhausted mm. which happens as a, as a white belt and mm. the blue belt too there are times when you don't control your energy output and you have these roles that completely exhaust you and it's a very individual thing you're mm -hmm. not on a team you, you this is all on you and one other person and it's a bit overwhelming so mm. yeah that's why i'm saying it because do you ever like uh i want to go back to oh, wait i have so many questions wait yeah. real quick yeah, yeah, yeah. guy like gaelic football Gaelic. oh gaelic okay football. <laughs> okay segue gaelic football so <laughs> So in Ireland, there's a few, so there's two, oh, actually somebody will correct me on this, but there, there's a thing called the, what's he doing? Is he selling stuff? It's a, it's a bike with like a cart behind it and it says, see it says on the sign? What did it say? It said total, weed. totally legit cannabis delivery. Yeah, I think it said weed on the That's, go. For any of our non-Canadian yeah. listeners, that's how life is here. You get uh, weed delivered to you yeah, legally. Gentlemen on a bicycle will yeah. cruise by and bring it to you. But anyways, okay. So, um, so Gaelic football. So there's a thing called the GAA, which is the Gaelic Athletic Association. Mm. And there's two sports that they are the kind of body for. Uh, well, two big main ones. Um, Gaelic football and hurling. Have you ever heard of hurling? Um, you might have seen videos of it. Maybe. Is that like shot put at all? No, no. Not it's more really. like... So basic, So hurling, first of all, is... Think of it like a cross between field hockey and lacrosse and ice hockey. So think about like the speed and the pace of a hockey game. Okay. On a field, mm -hmm. obviously not on the ice. Um, but kind of kind of like lacrosse. They're flinging the ball at each other. They don't wear any protection. Oh, is it like um, kind of like a long stick stick and yeah. uh, there's like a little ball that goes into it and it well out. so i think that's lacrosse but hurling it's a stick and then at the end of it, it it's kind of it has like a fat head and they just fling the ball to each other and it's this tiny little hard ball that they actually call a puck funny enough um so yeah that's hurling mental game crazy and um, you have to be very crazy and tough to play it because you wear helmets they do wear helmets now okay. they used they to didn't. not like up until <laughs> up until about 15 20 years ago they didn't um, so that's hurling. It's very exciting to watch. And then uh, the sister sport to that is Gaelic football, which is kind of a cross between soccer and rugby. So they okay. play in a big field with a ball. They pick it up. You use your hands. You kick it to each other. But it's quite physical, and you can, you can like, like tackle each other. You can tackle each other. It's a bit like I don't know if you've ever heard of um, Aussie rules football yeah. um, down in Australia. So anyway, so in Ireland, when you grow up, usually you play that because they're traditional sports, and it's linked to. Gaelic Irish culture and all that so that those are the big sports but I wasn't very good at that and um, funny story actually that my one of my good friends always likes to bring up and slag the shit out of me is I played it when I was a youngster right up until so they have you know under 12 under 14 under 16 which is the age groups that they split you up into um, I wasn't very athletic growing up and Probably the last time I played Gaelic football, it was probably about, I don't know, 14 or something, maybe mm. 13. And I was playing out in this big field on a wet, cold day in winter, and it was a game. And the ball, by the way, it's like a soccer ball, but it's heavier. It's a bit bigger, and when it gets wet, it's heavy. That's important for the story. Okay. So I'm making excuses for what happened. <laughs> so we're, we're playing this game, and what happens a lot is the ball gets kicked way up, super high, and then you have to catch it either by jumping up with your hands, or you kind of bring it into your chest. Like cradle it. Like yeah, you yeah. just kind of, it comes in this way, and you catch it, and then you run. Whatever happened, there was a very high ball coming to me, 
and my opposition was running at me and I went to catch it and it came down and it just went boom and landed right on my forearm and broke my wrist. Oh wow. The ball yeah. broke my wrist. So needless to say, I got, you know, my my buddy likes to laugh about this and say, you know, Brian's not destined for Gaelic football because the ball breaks his wrist, not the other people. <laughs> not even like a yeah. person that tackles. Exactly. Oh yikes. Yeah, so that was the end of my Gaelic football career. Um but yeah, uh, so so that's that was the only kind of sports I did growing up, and then after that, my teenage years and my twenties, I just wasn't into it. I didn't really do apart from like some running and yoga and stuff. Like pub pub runs. Yeah, basically. That was the kinda... That's the other thing. I was, v I was super unhealthy in my twenties. Do you do you get into bar fights and stuff? No. No. No, I'm not. I'm I'm a bleeder, not a fighter. A bleeder? What do you, yeah. does that mean? You never hear that? Nah. -uh. I'm a bleeder, not a fighter. Does that mean that you get fought? That means that you're, like... you're you're not very good at uh, bar fights. Then you right. Know, you're the one that bleeds as opposed to the one. <laughs> doing it. No, I never really. I mean, thankfully, it's a good thing now. And your friends, though. Yeah. Go out. I mean, there were times. There, there were there were situations. I mean, I had some friends. I've seen them. You know, mm -hmm. I worked in bars, and there has been little scuffles. But thankfully, I've never personally got into anything. Yeah, so, um, but that's a good thing at this age, yeah. you know. I mean, you might, yeah, in your 20s, you might boast about doing that, but. Um, Some people love it. Some people absolutely love that rush of, like, getting into a fight. Yeah. But uh, what I wanted to ask you about, like, when you do jujitsu, like, okay, so I know there's a few different kind of mindsets that you could have when you go into just rolling mm -hmm. at the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, like, some people like to think, um, you know, like, this is, while you're in the gym, you're safe, you're not under threat, so you can relax and be calm and kind of take your time and like think your way through things. And then like on the other side of things, you can think about like, um, you know, treat this as if this is a real life combat situation, you know, life or death. And so like, you're absolutely hyper alert and like, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so where, and then obviously, I guess there's a whole, a whole middle ground and stuff in between, but like, what kind of mindset do you have, like, when you're rolling? Or does it change, like, you know, depending on the day, I guess? Yeah, it's in, it, that's very interesting because I often think about this, you know, how when you do roll with people, um, it took years for me to be able to get to the point that I could think at all, mm -hmm. you know, which I think is quite common. So you'll notice it with, again, with beginners or with white belts for the first few months. When you roll with them, you can see that there's just no, <laughs> there's no, and I I know this because I was in that position, there's no ability to think clearly or calmly because you're in such a fight or flight moment and you're, and you're huffing and puffing and giving everything to every move you do. And it took me years to actually be able to think. And even now, you know, and hopefully this is what I aspire to, to do for the next, 10 years hopefully I'll, I'll get better every year but it's really hard to think just clearly while you're rolling because mm -hmm. I think your 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 body's telling you that it is fight or flight not in a dangerous way but your body's so engaged and somebody might be pinning you and you can't breathe and you have zero space so in your mind your, your body's kicking into in a way survival mode so it's really hard to just think clearly so it is a big challenge so I, for me I'd no matter, I find no matter what I tell myself, like even today, if I say I'm gonna try and think really calmly in all my roles tonight, at some point that'll go out the window. Yeah. You know, and it'll probably be with somebody 
you know, maybe like you or somebody where it's a close, yeah, yeah uh, unless we agree to it, which we, we can do, and that's good. And which we do often, we're like, all yeah. right, let's do a nice fro 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 really hurt you so I mean it's <laughs> yeah but it's true do you, do, don't you find that though that yeah, no matter yeah. what you tell yourself mm -hmm. that when you get especially into one if it goes on you know for a while you get to the end and it's all good and you high-five each other but you realize whoa for the last two minutes I was on autopilot I'm trying I was way just fighting. too hard yeah. yeah not even trying but just fighting yeah. like just going without well, yeah. rational thought and if and if we're like if the goal is to like flow and practice transitioning and and moving then it has to be like kind of a little bit of a give and take do you know do you know what i mean and yeah. what i'll do a lot of the time is i don't want to give anything do you know yes, what i mean yes. so like you might go to do a sweep and what i should do in that situation i should be like okay he's trying to do this move i'm gonna you know i'll resist a little bit but i'm not yes. gonna i'm gonna allow it to happen yes. and then as the sweep ends i'm gonna use that opportunity to try to do something different yeah. you know so it's like yeah. you do a move i do a move you do a move i do a move it might not be like we take turns exactly like that but like i should be able to at least be aware of what it is that you're trying to do and like let yeah. you let you do that to an extent so that I can respond rather than just trying to like prevent you from yeah, doing anything yeah yeah and, and then you know and then we get to like have it's a lot more fun yeah way, and it and sense. like I said earlier it, it the whole thing moves more freely and I think you get more out of it so again this even having this conversation is good because it reminds me to aspire to give more up in order to gain more in my roles you know mm -hmm. so again like like an example just to get specific but you know the way in from bottom side control for example you're, you're just going to frame all the time protect yourself and then try to get your legs in or try and escape with your hips there are some escapes you've probably seen them where you can sneak the underhook under mm -hmm. you ever see that one where I like do that a lot, yeah. yeah i don't do that because i'm probably afraid to give up any position yeah. and that's detrimental to me yeah. because i'm so used to being with big guys where if i or if i drop any hand then it's going to get exposed you know but on the flip side me not doing that i'm just doing myself a disservice yeah. because I, i'm not practicing that flow in that direction and the more times that you try it the more you can refine the timing of it yeah because you know like you have to time it correctly so that the person doesn't just drop their weight and pin your pin your arm and then yeah. now you're kind of fucked yeah. but like you have to like you have to let that happen it's gonna happen enough times yeah. and then you'll like you know close that little window of time so that when you do it you can you'll like have a higher percentage chance of success yeah, yeah. And, and it's just reps too it's just doing it enough times that you've you've done it so that's not so unfamiliar mm -hmm. like my problem with that position is I'm scared of it still because I haven't done it enough mm -hmm. and what's at what cost like just because I might get submitted like why that's just my ego so I have to correct myself and go you know same with turtle you know I could we could all turtle up all day long and mm -hmm. um, but what benefit does that do to anything so I try now if I'm turtled up I'll try and just move even if I'm giving up a hook what do you know? try to do from there anyways so that's been one that I've been asking a lot of questions recently to people like Daniel and, and any and Gavin, any of the coaches. Um, and the big thing I've learned, and it sounds really simple, is just don't stay there. Yeah. Like I know it sounds too simple, but I for a long time I would stay there and I would just try and base out and with my wait knees. And, just and yeah, and wait wait for them to overcommit the arm for mm. that roll or whatever. But now what I've realized is you know what? Don't stay there and now I just go side to side. And even if it gives up a hook on one side, like I'll just start to I'll start to go so I can try and turn into them and maybe they'd be side to side yeah so you know the way you're based out on the knees so just for the record turtle position is if you're like on your knees and elbows I guess 
mm -hmm. right? So yeah. like your hands and knees, but you're on your elbows instead. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to make sure that someone can't attack your neck. Yeah. yeah. You just kind of roll up into a little bit of a ball. Yeah. Hence All the right. turtle name. The turtle. Yeah. yeah. Like a shell. The turtle yeah. shell. Yeah. Of course. And so like a lot of, so Marcus, our coach, or a lot of higher belts, they'll tell you, don't stay there. And it sounds almost too simple. Mm. It's like, well, I don't want to stay there. But it is true because you could just shell up completely and slow everything down and be defensive but nobody learns anything at that point you mm -hmm. know sure if it's a self-defense scenario if you're you know on the street as they mm -hmm. say and you're getting on the street was that on the street i'm just saying if you're on <laughs> on the street on the street yeah because it's the streets that are dangerous exactly yeah yeah if you're on the streets and you're getting attacked turtling up is a good thing to do right but if you're training just and you're trying to learn um you know you can turtle up but to what end is that gonna you're not gonna learn anything yeah. so or if you're trying to develop yourself in your life in general you don't just want to just exactly wait for the bad situation to be over and take absolutely no action just exactly. be completely helpless and defenseless like exactly you gotta make a move yeah okay so that's that's kind of a big one there um just trying to move out of it and it doesn't always work mm -hmm. you know especially with big people i'll try to move and they'll just pin me but you can always move in some tiny way mm -hmm. or change an angle you know and it might mean that you, you give up on the hooks or whatever but. there's an escape that marcus has showed a few times and like i'm finally starting to kind of get it like if mm -hmm. i was in a turtle position and someone was on my right hand side both their mm -hmm. legs are there where you like i grab the inside of their knee and wedge my elbow onto their hip Right, right, and yeah. then you do the thing where you straighten one leg and then roll over your side. That yes. one works really well because you have like both hands on their knee to lift off. Yes, and then use the the elbow on their hip to also wedge them over, and then you end up like kind of in a top position. A lot of the time, they'll try to like choke you, but then you just spin around. And yeah, yeah, works really well because you have control of that leg too. So like, even if they try to choke you from the from their back you can just like lift their legs up mm. and it kind of takes away all their power and then you can turn around and get to side control yeah but we could show that today but that was kind of cool no that's good um okay so more yeah. jiu-jitsu questions more jiu-jitsu questions yeah let's <laughs> let's just talk about jiu-jitsu positions because that makes a lot of sense to you know my 11 listeners <laughs> <laughs> well i knew but this is the thing and this is what i said before i was like unless you don't want it to happen i knew i know we're going to veer into jiu-jitsu quite a lot yeah. but there's also themes i mean you know we can go back to talking about the, well, the, you, you mentioned how it took like two years for you to get into the habit of jiu-jitsu, so I wanted yeah. to talk about the habits, but also yes. the thing with jiu-jitsu is that I, ideally, like when I started making this podcast, I was thinking like, I'm going to, I'm going to like, because you know, my thing is like that I make, I make anything about everything mm -hmm. all the time. And so I thought that I would make more connections, like using things that I learned through jiu-jitsu. But when I'm just like talking about just by myself, it usually doesn't really come up necessarily. So that would be good. You know, like I'm curious about like, do, do you... Like Benito one time said to me, um, uh, <laughs> he said so many things. What are we saying this time? Okay. Uh, he said, he was talking about like when he's helping somebody improve in jujitsu. And he's like, if I, if what I'm teaching you doesn't like help you in every other area of your being, of your mm. life, then I'm not doing my job. Mm. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. sweet. Which makes sense to me because that's kind of what I want jujitsu to do for me. I don't do jujitsu so that I can get good at jujitsu. Mm -hmm. I do jujitsu so I can get good at life you know like yeah. same with like meditation like people don't meditate so you can become a good meditator you meditate so that you can become better mm -hmm. at fucking being alive you know yeah. and like making the most of your life and like yeah. and so it's that kind of thing so um i have stuff to say on that yeah yeah um Take it but away. no no you're you're right like there are and it, and again i almost feel like uh 
not guilty what's the word it, <laughs> it, it, it is it is almost a cliche to say but it's so true and again I want to stress for any actual uh, for any black belts or brown belts or qualified jiu-jitsu people listening they're probably like what does he know he's still a blue belt and that's true but there are so many lessons that can be learned that's the other fascinating thing from it and I'm sure this is true for many martial arts it's probably true for kickboxing and, and you know taekwondo or what have you but in terms of dealing with loss and failure and struggles and there's so many lessons and it really does dawn on you because there if you do it for anyone who does it you will reach a point where you have two choices when you have a bad day or a bad week or an injury you have two choices you can kind of mope and complain and feel sorry for yourself or you can correct it and and the thing about jiu-jitsu is it's one of the few practices where the correction there's always an answer and that's what's fascinating which doesn't happen in all areas of life so you know if you're a musician and you, you struggle to finish writing a song or if you're a woodworker and you can't do a piece or you can't fix something the answer isn't always evident but mm -hmm. in jiu-jitsu when you do something wrong or you get choked out or something there's always an answer so the fascinating thing for me to learn was you know it's the, it's almost a magic thing where if I just instead of moping when I have a bad day or a, a bad performance if I go and ask for the answer it's there mm -hmm. you know there's gonna be some sort of answer and then if I use it then I'll get over that problem the next time. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And <laughs> it's yeah. all, it also like teaches us to deal with like those ups and downs and ebbs and flows because yes. so you'll get the answer and then you'll you'll be able to like use that thing and it's going to help you out for a little while and then people yeah. are going to catch on and present you with a new problem. Yes. And you're like, well, fuck, okay, so this answer's <laughs> not working anymore. So now, you know, I had this problem, you provided me a solution, now there's a new problem, now we need a new solution, you yeah. know, and... and yeah. And it just goes on and on and on and on and again like and that I think is really helpful for just navigating our way through the terrain of the life experience because like you know you can be flying high for a good long while but then there's always going to be thing there's not just like a slow steady climb of like joy or happiness or success you know yeah. like there's always these like peaks and valleys that all that that happen yeah and so even like you might have a phase where things are really difficult and then things get way better and it would be like it would be unwise to assume that they're never gonna you're never gonna have a problem again yeah you know yeah, and yeah, so in yeah. jiu-jitsu when like you know because even though you're you you started jiu-jitsu would you say five years ago yeah right obviously you're way better right you know like yeah. an infinite amount more than you did when you started mm -hmm. and there's still so much more to go but you're still gonna have days when you get absolutely your ass whooped you know yes. what i mean like where yeah. you feel like what the hell like do i know anything and um and that in of itself by the way sorry i don't want to no, you no, finish that thought that in and of itself is another lesson which is 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 cool is when you get uh exposed to the fact that even if you're having a great week or a great month or even if you feel i've come a long way and you get a bit happy at yourself you'll always be reminded mm -hmm. so somebody new will come in or a visiting purple bell will come in and destroy you and mm -hmm. remind you that wherever you think you are there's always somebody better and crucially there's always somebody worse mm -hmm. and this again is is really applicable to to life in general because mm -hmm. whatever you're going through we all have different jobs and aspirations and relationships and all that and if you get too full of yourself and you get too proud of yourself you will be knocked down and on the flip side if you get too down on yourself you have to remember you know it, it'll always get better so mm -hmm. it's just that reminder that whoever you are there's there's somebody having a better life and somebody having a worse life mm -hmm. so you might as well just be in your own one mm -hmm. you know instead of comparing so that's another theme I mean there's so many themes the comparison thing like 
let me ask you, how often does that come up where, because me, it's such an automatic thing that I have to constantly battle with, is comparing myself with others. I mean, that's yeah. the biggest struggle. What, just in, in jiu-jitsu yeah. or in like... Well, yeah. in life as well, but if we just look at the example of jiu-jitsu, it's, it's such a, a battle. I mean, your mind's constantly telling you, you're eyeing up everybody in the room, mm -hmm. and you're going, okay, well, they're white, they're purple, they're blue, they're three stripes, they're one stripe, and I have to constantly switch that off, because I think it's a societal thing. We're always thinking about hierarchy. Mm -hmm. Um, which is not a bad thing, but it's just you have to switch it off because mm. it'll destroy you. Fuck, yeah, like I, it's bad for me. The, the, the comparison, yeah. Well, okay, so I'm like, I have two stripes on my blue belt, so technically, I should. I'm like, I, I, I don't want to <laughs> accept that I'm gonna get like that anybody who is a white belt is gonna overpower me, even though yeah. obviously that's a hilarious idea. So I was saying to Camille the other day, he's a four stripe white belt mm -hmm. and he's like 280 pounds or something mm -hmm. and he's been rest he teaches wrestling and he's been wrestling for eight years and i was saying i was like i i don't want to accept that you should be able to beat me yeah. i'm like so you're a man and you've been wrestling for eight years and you teach wrestling and you have over 100 pounds on me but yeah. i'm a blue belt yeah, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't you see yeah, it's like, a different color yeah so I should be able exactly. to control you if I want to. Yeah. And um and it's just like all other things go like yeah. I can just and then and then obviously when that doesn't happen, I get upset and I of feel course. like <laughs> Because you've put it on yourself. Yeah, because yeah, I'm 100%. like <laughs> I should be able to do better than this. Yeah. Um yeah, but I, I just wanted to when you were talking about okay, so there's going to be someone better, there's going to be someone yeah, worse, yeah. but another interesting thing about that is like there might be someone who every time that you'll roll with them, they um, they just seem like more technically proficient than you or like they always mm -hmm. have like the dominant position or or you can just feel that they're doing better than you. Mm -hmm. They have more control in the role. Mm -hmm. And then you might speak to someone else who maybe when you roll with them, you generally are like more dominant. Mm -hmm. But maybe when they roll with that person, they're more dominant over that person. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So sometimes mm -hmm. it's not like even someone who's better than you and someone who's worse than you like there's going to be they're going to have different um like relationships and compared to mm. other people as well so it's not mm. even like an absolute thing yeah exactly it could be just like a matter of different styles you know because yeah. like so that's yeah also good you know yeah um oh, i love jujitsu so much okay but let's um talk about I'm just like blown away that you committed two years to forming a habit because isn't it like 21 days it takes mm. to form a habit? Yeah. And so you're that's... just like, no, we're in. Well, just I mean, going. yeah, uh, I think that was part of the learning it's about... Like 700 days, Brian. Yeah, I know. Jesus. <laughs> Did the... So again, this is another offshoot again, off jiu-jitsu, but I think it's, it's very um, applicable to life. And I'm starting to realize now as I get older that really that is the secret to so many things is consistency you know of effort mm -hmm. and so that for me it was almost like a year into it I just I decided I had this kind of stubborn uh, uh, not dedication what's the word determination mm -hmm. as like I'm just gonna I know it sucks but I'm gonna I'm gonna be that I think a lot of it was I was a year in and I was like the, the card on the stick was the blue belt let's mm -hmm. get a blue belt and let me go that far and then somewhere along the way, I started to just really enjoy it. But going back to the habit thing, it only gets there. And going back to the good days and bad days thing, there's there's something really powerful about just turning up, mm -hmm. you know, just showing up and doing it. And this goes back to what, you know, we, we chatted, I don't know, it might be months ago about 
creative stuff and, and this book I talked about, The War of Art, the whole theme of that is just turning up and doing your bit for the day. And it won't be perfect and it might not feel good, but it's this cumulative effort, you know. And so that's now I that's bled into a bunch of different parts of my life, like my work and, you know, relationships. It's it's just the idea of just be there every day and over time the improvements will come, you know. Mm -hmm. And again, this is nothing new, it's just, I think people forget this. Because, okay, how often have you heard, and you see this all the time, so I have another comparison, so learning a, learning a language. Mm -hmm. um, here's a question, because uh, I don't know your background or anything, do you speak any other languages? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you? I was hoping you were going to say like six languages. Because uh, I just thought you were such a woman of the world. Japanese, you know, Cantonese. Um, yeah, okay. I, I could count to ten maybe in Japanese. Really? Yeah. Go on, give me a quick fire. Give me Actually, five. Now I don't know if I could. Now I put you on the spot. Okay. Yeah, I don't um, remember number one. So that's, that makes it tricky. Okay, well, if it comes back, I yeah, need to hear it'll it. Just, it'll, if it, yeah, yeah, it okay. might happen. Um, I was just going to say. It's just another thing that, so, sorry, I, I went on a tangent, but the point I was trying to make was, how often have you seen somebody, so like language learning, so, you know, on the 1st of January, their New Year's resolution is I'm going to learn Spanish this year or whatever, and they go out and they buy Rosetta Stone or they buy a load of audiobooks and they sign up to all these apps and they do these language exchange groups online and they have so much enthusiasm and they say, this is going to be my year, I'm going to learn Spanish and so I can go to Mexico and, and speak with locals. Um, it's it's it, it's such a common story that people do that but then it's so common also that you check in in six months and the habit hasn't been continued mm -hmm. so i just i just think it's such a powerful thing habits because um it's so easy to start things but it's so difficult to keep them going so there was a bit of that in the back of my mind when i was doing jiu-jitsu i was like i knew that if i just stick with it i'll eventually slowly get better mm -hmm. um but yeah i just i'm fascinated by the idea of habit because anybody who's been successful at stuff um, one of the secrets is habit over just talent because this mm -hmm. idea of talent I think is a little bit overrated mm -hmm. like talent exists but I think people put too much stock in it you know yeah but even people who are like naturally talented still just end up having to like put the time in as well to yeah. develop the skill exactly um, I read a book called uh, oh, well, a few actually book on habits so there's one called the power of habit which talks about how to actually like what a habit is and how to actually you know break habits and form new habits and then there's the other book called the seven habits of highly effective people mm -hmm. and that one was really good that was like the first time that i read about the idea of uh experiencing a paradigm shift like mm. actually literally like changing the way that you view the world and stuff and that mm -hmm. was really neat that book was so good you should definitely read it if you haven't read it mm -hmm. um what did you just say about habits real quick? Uh, oh, and do you know who Jim Quick is? Have you ever heard of him? He's like... No. Jim um, Quick. Jim Quick. He's he's like a like a brain and memory coach to like a lot of different celebrities and stuff, mm. but he, um, he has a master class called Super Brain. And when he was a kid, basically, he had like three traumatic brain injuries. And when he was oh. a kid, like when he remembers overhearing one of his teachers like refer to him as the boy with the broken brain. And so like as a child, he was kind of like taught to believe that something was wrong with his brain mm -hmm. and but as he got older he kind of he learned as much as he could about it and like he's he and he's learned uh, I guess like a lot about like neuroplasticity and and mm. forming habits and all these different things to like make your brain and your memory and your mood better but anyways the reason why I brought him up was he he 
he says, first you make your habits, then your habits make you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that couldn't be more true. So it's like, if you, if you put in like that initial intentional work to like mm-hmm. form a habit and it needs to be consistent and you need to like do it every single day to like, you know, create this, this pathway basically like in your brain mm-hmm. it'll become eventually it becomes kind of automatic mm-hmm. and then you just start doing it without thinking it becomes like mm-hmm. you know you just start you know it's almost like not necessarily muscle memory but yeah like once the yeah. habits formed maybe for the first while you're like okay I'm gonna have to you know I'm gonna get off work I'm gonna and then I'm gonna do this and whatever and then I'm gonna go to jiu-jitsu and you have to like okay I'm gonna pack my bag and I'm gonna go to jiu-jitsu like just leave you're gonna do it and then eventually it's just like automatic you're just yeah. like okay grab my shit yeah and 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 like that's the first thing that you think about is like yeah. before you plan anything you're like okay well you know it pl- it's planned around going to yes. jiu-jitsu rather yeah. than like yeah. but that's so true but like how just getting there is the the, the hardest part like yeah. just showing up there's been so many times when like I've just felt either just like too tired or too sore or too sad or grumpy or whatever the hell mm-hmm. may be going on and I'm just like okay well let's just go like even if I don't want to go even yeah. like a month ago I was like about to fall asleep in my car and Graham was like just get out of your car and I was like gonna sleep in my car oh, right here I was gonna sleep yeah. in my car and I was going to class went to class and like immediately I'm energized you know like I say like you and whoever else and you always have some funny shit to say and we just have a little laugh and then and then start doing the warm-up and it's and even when it's hard it's like sometimes I'm like I'm just like smiling. It just feels yeah. so good just to just be there. there. You immediately you're like not even worried about whatever it was that you're yeah. worried about because they're just yeah. like you're surrounded by just like good people. Yeah, which is so great. And do you ever notice, no matter how shit a day you might have, or no matter how little you might want to train going in, which is often might be thirty percent of the time you don't want to go in. Mm. There's never a time walking out that you regret going in. Do you know what I mean? Never. Been, you know what I'm trying to say? There's hardly like, ever a time where I even want to leave. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, it's it's crazy. It's a magic thing that every... I, I always think of this, like, walking down those steps out, on the way out, there's never been a time when I'm not happy I did it. Mm. Even if I'm hopping out on one leg and I'm injured, mm. or even if I got submitted 17 times or whatever, um, it's just such a funny thing that... That it does that because it's the opposite. Going in, you could have a million things going on, and you might just not want to do it. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it comes back to habit, like you said, and that's, just showing up. It's interesting what you yeah. just said about like how even when you're injured or like you get submitted a bunch of times, they never regret. Yeah. Words never regret going in. That's awesome. Like I've never. That's so true. Like days yeah. when you when you just get absolutely smashed, and you're like, okay, well, I never would leave thinking like oh if i hadn't gone in today that wouldn't have happened to exactly. me you know like that's yeah. never a thing and just like okay well let's have let's try to learn how to have that happen less yeah, yeah. so better show up more often like <laughs> yeah yeah you're never annoyed that you, you might be injured but you come out feeling so alive that you, you just don't get annoyed about it it's a weird mm. thing whereas if it happened if you if you turned on your ankle going down some steps in a, in a, in a shop or something you, you might be pissed off. You mm-hmm. might come out of it going, well, fuck, now I can't train or I can't go on holidays or whatever it is. But when you come out of jiu-jitsu and you're, you're injured, you're never annoyed about it. Like, mm-hmm. and, I, and we all have had all the gamut of injuries. We've had everything that you could have. All our digits and shoulders and joints and everything has been twisted in weird ways. Um, but I never come out angry, which is weird. So Even at the other person? Yeah, no. Is and that's that the wild? thing. Yeah. I've had, like, when... My a tore ligament on my right um, foot. Um, that happened when I was rolling with Tyler, and that was, you know, he was, it was an accident and it kind of happened real quick. Um, 
and I had people telling me like, oh, what, you should have told that guy, you should be pissed off. And mm. I was like, no, first of all, it was an accident, but secondly, even if it wasn't, there's just a weird thing that we all just accept. Mm. There's no malice, you know, rarely, I mean, maybe there's bad eggs out there, but in our gym, there's never any malice. Um, things happen and we get injured. And mm. um, so I don't think there's any use in, but anyway, I guess the point is, even if you wanted to, we just, you feel so elated from training that you're never angry, you know, with, with anybody. So, um, but yeah, but yeah, habit. I mean, it's just, I'm fascinated by that idea now because I can see now, having gone through the lens of Fujitsu, I can see how big a factor it plays in people's success. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people will look at athletes or artists or whoever it is, and they try, I've, I've, I've heard people try to make excuses. Oh, he's, he's naturally talented or he lives in this country or his parents are rich, so they sent him to this school to train or, you know, his dad was a movie director, of course he was going to be good. But what I think is really happening is, yeah, there might be talent, but those people who are succeeding, most of the time they just did it over and over and over for years and years and years, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm, that's been a big revelation for me that I don't think I would have learned otherwise. Nice. So. Did you ever smoke cigarettes? I did for a very short time, thankfully. Um, you know, when I was a teenager, I mean, again, I. I was, I was super unhealthy as a teenager and in my 20s because wasn't really into sports, was big into music, was, you know, kind of a big into like new metal and grunge and I used to play in a band as a drummer and so a lot of drinking, eating shitty drummer. food. Yeah, I did for a while. Nice. Um, man, it's getting hot, I'm just going to yeah, turn this down. But anyway, um, through hanging out with schoolmates and stuff, we all thought it was cool to smoke. So I ended up smoking on and off when I was a teenager from kind of 17 till about 21, just a couple of years. And even then it was only when we were out partying because they thought it was cool. Maybe I'd smoke once or twice during the day, like in school you go behind the back of the, yeah. the bulos we call them. Um, but no, thankfully I kind of stopped when I was, yeah, about 21. What about you? Was it hard when you stopped? Not really, like, yeah, probably for the first month or two just to get out of that habit, but after that, the hard part was when, when you when you're drinking, you know, because in Ireland yeah. it's a big part. Of, you know, you go out to the pub and have beers. The hardest part was then because you'd always want to have a smoke with people. Then yeah, like um, all your friends leave to go outside to smoke, yeah. and then it's like okay, well either I'm gonna smoke with you or I'm just gonna like stand around and exactly. smell your smoke. I'd yeah. way rather just like smoke the cigarette than like yeah. smell it. it yeah, stinks. so that took a while. That probably took a few years to fully. There might have been months that would go by, and then maybe one night out and I have one too many, and I'd smoke with someone. But like fully, fully quit um, when I was probably by the time I was like 23 or something. Is that and when you started jujitsu? No, no, that was way before it. Yeah, I mean, again, my 20s, I, I wish, I How wish I'd, are you? I'd started. Guess. I think you're like in your 30s, but I don't. Yeah. I feel like you've maybe said 34 before. Is that, am I? Wrong? Yeah, yeah, is 35. It? Yeah, 35. I just turned 35. When? Uh, well, not that recently, April, so uh, a couple months ago. Well, happy belated or whatever. Yeah, and you're 16? Yeah, and a half. 17? <laughs> and a half? 28. No, I heard you the other day. I think that was one of your snippets you were talking about how somebody had said to you that they see you as kind of naive. I, I wouldn't have said, I wouldn't think that per se, but yeah, 28. I didn't know either. I would have guessed yeah. 26, 28. No, no younger than that. Yeah, yeah dude. Um, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, okay, here's one know. for you. Okay. I'll just throw it out there. Now this could be jiu-jitsu related or not. Okay. <laughs> um, big, this is, maybe it's too broad a question. No, that's okay. Give me one of the biggest lessons that you've learned in the last five years. In the last five years? Yeah. 
that thoughts become things. That's the biggest one that I've okay. learned. Because it's just so self-evident, like in my world, in the world around me. But when I say that, I don't mean that like you think a thought and then like... Something pops up. It's like a magical thing. Yeah. But like if you just like kind of break down, okay, like what comes... So what... Okay, so anything, so you talk about habit, right? So mm -hmm. habit creates change. Mm -hmm. Habit, like forming a habit would cause us to take different kinds of action, which would cause us to have different kinds of results, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so then, then it's like, okay, well, what's the precursor to action? Mm -hmm. Let's say, what would, let's just, I'm gonna ask it as a question, like what comes before action? Before you take an action, what has to happen? Oh, you have to think about it, right? Yeah, well, there we go. You have just to have an jump. intention. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, so like, and um, and we're always thinking thoughts all the time. Yeah. And and if we're not mindful of what we're thinking, then like, like I've been in like a really stupid, annoying, just like cycle of like, meh, like you know, worrying about money. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like oh, I don't have enough money right now. Blah blah blah. And then like things just keep happening that are costing mm -hmm. me more mm -hmm. money. And mm -hmm. I just think it's hilarious because I'm like I so believe. Because you're focused on that. I'm like I'm, yeah. and so it's like thoughts become things. Yeah. You get what you think about, whether wanted or not. You know, mm -hmm. like it's not, it's. Just because you think you don't want something doesn't mean that you're... It, what you're actually doing is you're attracting that thing that you yes. don't want because yeah. you're thinking about it so much. Yeah. And, um, and I don't know, I guess that's my big thing, but... I think that, yeah, there is something to that for sure. And there's, there's a contentious thing there for some people because this idea of... And I've heard, you know, there's, I have people in my friend group that I see talk about this a lot. The, the idea of attraction and the law of attraction. I know there's a whole... Forget the author. She wrote loads of books. Um, somebody, Rhonda Abraham. Burr, no? Oh, Abraham Hicks. Yeah, there's a whole. I've never yeah. read them, but I I know and I acknowledge that there's a whole movement around it. But you have to be careful because on the flip side, there's a lot of cynics around it and a lot of kind of accusations of of of, of basically calling bullshit on it. Mm -hmm. But I probably land somewhere in the middle. I agree with you. I do think. I do think that your thoughts and it's even at a practical level. I'm not even talking about anything metaphysical. You know what you spend your day thinking and talking about tends to be what happens around you. Mm -hmm. That's probably a simpler way to put it. And even just like, even if you don't think about like it's uh, not necessarily that the things that you're thinking and talking about are what you're creating, but yeah. it's, it's what you're going to notice. Yes. You know what I mean? And like, that's what your attention What's your reality to. if not like the things that you notice around you? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so yeah. we can be in the same place at the same time looking at the same thing but like depending on what kind of mindset I have I might see I might I, you know if okay if I was in like a bad mood or I'm busy thinking about financial struggles or whatever like I might not notice all the beauty that's around me yeah I remember what I was gonna say I don't know if you're gonna love it because you might think it's just like way too hippy dippy for you but that's okay um you're familiar with DMT yeah yes have you ever tried it? No, have you? Of course. Have you? Yes. Okay, I'm fascinated. <laughs> Tell me. So that... First of all, before you get into it, how many times? Just... Well, I tried it a couple times, but like I only had the one, what they call a breakthrough experience, mm -hmm. okay. which is... You would, it's it's very different. If someone's like, mm -hmm. been like, oh, I tried DMT and it was like kind of trippy. You're like, you didn't really. Right, right, right. That's not what we're doing it yes. for. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not something that you just like take just to like have a kind of funny feeling yeah. or something. You, it's like. You're breaking through something. Yeah. It's like, this is a substance that you take if you're ready to like never see the world the same way again. Mm -hmm. And so. Jesus. Well, I learned from that experience and I had, there's just been like, in my life, there's just been like, I can like look back in time and like look at all these 
things that just seem like miracles because it's just like I just would meet the perfect people at the perfect time to provide me with exactly what it was that I was seeking mm -hmm. even though I had no idea how I would meet these people and they grew to be like you know friends and mentors and teachers it's like mm -hmm. um and so anyways there's one guy um man named Johan who's like one of my favorite people on the planet he was the first person to kind of teach me about like the idea of the law of attraction like mm -hmm. and the idea he used to say he would still say this but he says we're eternal beings and we can never die and I would be like what is he really talking about like mm -hmm. I think I kind of get it but I don't really know what you mean by that because you know the life experience is like you're born you live mm -hmm. you die so there is death mm -hmm. but um so that but I, once I had that DMT breakthrough I was like oh okay I see what you're saying like mm. um you know we're eternal beings meaning like the essence of what we are is like it transcends this like the physical mm -hmm. body and stuff mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you know um our consciousness and our awareness like doesn't actually like it doesn't come from inside our mm -hmm. brains that's not mm -hmm. where it's made that's just mm -hmm. like a fucking like the the thing that it travels through to to like to work <laughs> no to kind of stuff. facilitate yeah, yeah like to manifest be, not like a, a me it's like a conductor maybe yeah you yeah know, like, uh i know what you're saying a vehicle yeah yeah and 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 so experience yeah so like the essence of all life you know is this thing that can't be really like it's not tangible like right. it can't be touched or measured seen or smelled or measured, measured in, but in it a, can be felt yeah and um and basically it's energy but like but the so the the lesson mm -hmm. in words is that fear when that fear is what fear is is actually just confusion because in the grand scheme of things there's not actually anything to be feared mm. because because you know we're because because we're eternal beings you can never die mm -hmm. but um uh yeah, and, and, and okay, so this would be kind of interesting to like, this is probably a good like jumping off place to talk about that book, The the War of Art. So like when mm -hmm. I had my that experience, um, as I like, so I took an inhale, exhale, took another inhale, and like as I started to exhale, like it was, you know, I know, I, it was, this is the thing that they talk about, the ego death, right? right? Yeah. And so my understanding of that is not like, not like ego in the sense that of like, the idea that I think that I'm better or worse than anybody else, but it's just the idea of identity. You having a persona, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. that thing that is our identity. That we, that we hold on to, yeah. Right? And yeah. so the thing that I think is me. Um, and so that was basically being like, it, it was like, it seemed like an option, you know, like. Mm. You, I like it was recently, disassociated a little bit from you. Yeah, and I was. So and You could observe it as opposed to be it. Yeah. The. Okay, so basically what happened was um, there was like these two beings that like formed in front of me There was one that was standing like closer and one that was standing farther away And I had like laid down and I don't know if my eyes were open or closed. I wouldn't be able to tell um, But like there was like coming into me like this and then I would get tense and feel afraid I would resist and then it would back off mm -hmm. and then and then I would relax a little bit and then it would come in again and I would get tense and then it would back off. So like, and I remember thinking in my head, I was like, am I, am I scared? And, and, and then 
in like big block letters, like those beings disappeared and it just said confusion. Mm. I said, confused, confused. And then, and then I was like, okay, I'm not afraid. I'm just confused. And then that just saying those words in my head, like allowed me to relax, mm -hmm. uh, surrender, like mm -hmm. let go and allow the experience to happen. And and then once that happened, like they came really, really close and it got really, really intense. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, it was, and then it just like opened up into like this big kind of open blue sky, like, and, and then after, and then I like had the sensation of like, my perspective came from being on the ground, kind of looking up to, I just, it wasn't like I stood up mm -hmm. because I didn't have a body, but like the point of focus that I was kind of seeing this place from moved up and out of me and like into the sky and then it just like got a it it changed from being a sky to being like this like swirling just infinite place that was just pure love and like I existed at the very core of it like I was like what I felt like what I remember like when I came out of that non-place that's mm -hmm. like a place but not a place um because i didn't go anywhere i was just lying on the bed you know what i mean um <laughs> your consciousness I, like, was in a place yeah i like had the scent like i like felt like a baby that was just like swaddled up but just like being cradled and it was like the most like i'm just like pure like innocence and love and like pure new life and i this place is like my fucking loving mother you know mm -hmm, what i mean mm -hmm. and and my experience of that was like okay so that's what life is without the ego so mm. that's what um life is like beyond this like our physical uh perceptual limitations or whatever mm -hmm. beyond like the way that our physical bodies interpret the world around us mm -hmm. you know and, and and it was just so wild it was why, why do you think that some people when it comes to psychological experiences touch that realm and get that experience and get that uh, 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 insight into eternal love let's call it but others get plagued by the dark side it's the of resistance it's yeah. the resistance I had that opportunity that was like at the beginning it was like yeah. it's gonna go one of two ways mm. you're either gonna you're gonna resist and it's gonna be a really rough ride mm -hmm. or um, and like, so I'm like, and, and how fucking cool of whatever this thing is to literally spell it out mm. for me. You know what I mean? When I'm like, oh, am I scared? Mm -hmm. Confusion. Like mm -hmm. you're not, you're confused. It was like confusion, confused, confused <laughs> three times. They were like, let's be really clear. There's yeah. nothing to be afraid of. You're just misunderstanding the situation. Mm. And, and. And that was so cool. So I was like, okay, I'm not confused. I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm just confused. And I had this like, this thing of like, okay, like don't try to understand what's happening right mm -hmm. now because to, to try to understand, to try to interpret something, you're using your, um, logical your, mind. Exactly. Yeah. And you yeah. need to absolutely abandon that. So like when you take those kind of things, that's why I think like, uh, it's, it's not something that should become popular. I don't think because I think a lot of people will be like, oh, that sounds like a crazy experience. Like, I want to do that just because I want to know what it's like. It's like it's a it's literally going to change your life. And like you need to be totally ready not to just have this really powerful experience, but you need to be ready to like step, let it happen. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like so and and I think about this, you know, in a, so you could compare that to um, 
to experiences that you have in jujitsu. So like, you know, the feeling of like when someone is applying force or pressure mm -hmm. to you in what, in some sort of direction. And if you just apply equal pressure in the opposite direction, you guys are at a stalemate, you're not going anywhere mm -hmm. and you're both exerting a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. So what you can do is you can get out of the way. Mm. You can, you can let them, you can be like, okay, I'm going to let you use that power and I'm just going to go with it. Yes. And then you end up either you know, sweeping them and ending up in a different position or just it, it moves on. You know what I mean? You yeah. get to experience like movement and and the actual like joy of jujitsu. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not about like meeting, like matching their resistance or like yeah. and, and OK, so if you could take it away, maybe with like the idea of resistance that's, that we're talking about in the war of art, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Bit. So there's a there's a few different things on that. And um, before I get to that, I would just I would just say as well. Um, the thing that I find interesting about about what you were saying is you know you mentioned fear and it is true and even and hopefully someday <laughs> you know I might experience something like this because I'm, I'm open to it and it just hasn't you know happened but um, fear is a big one and I think people who yeah I, it's a fascinating idea that fear what's behind fear because mm -hmm. often you find when you dig down into it there's nothing there so people who may be racked with fear a lot of the time when you uncover why it's usually some reason or some trauma or some misunderstanding so mm. it does actually come down to because I remember this quote what was it was it I read it because you're like experiencing fear like by comparing what's happening right now to something that's not happening right now. yes you exactly I mean? it's always so. and it's always constructed mm -hmm. and it's always fear of something that may happen or may not happen mm -hmm. but um it's it's rarely actually tangible or reasonable mm -hmm. you know um i mean okay fear of death is tangible in a way but even that in and of itself you could argue that then it is, comes down to death? like exactly yeah. so like if you're afraid of it it's like but it's not even always that mm. usually it's more mundane than that yeah mm. i mean even that you can you could calm somebody who's dying by having a conversation about 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 consciousness and all that but even in a more mundane sense being nervous and fearful about change and about you know people who are homophobic or they're afraid of groups of people or people who are racist or you know it, it it's all there's nothing behind it mm -hmm. other than weird experiences or mm -hmm. confusion or misunderstanding about the world so well, sorry yeah that was kind of a tangent but that's what it's about i'm fascinated by the idea of fear there's, because yeah. what are you afraid of do you even know i no no i think i'm understanding as i'm getting older more but the interesting thing is I think a lot of people carry a lot of fear mm. through their lives for various reasons, you know, mm -hmm. and so even culturally it's funny because I notice a lot of Irish people as a culture we carry a lot of fear and it's something Towards to, who? I don't, this, this, it's not even tangible, like it's, uh, you could call it fear, you could call it negativity, you right. could call it resistance to change, you could call it closed-mindedness, but it's something and, and and there's probably theories on this, and I'm not a sociologist or I'm not an, an anthropological expert, but I wonder is there something to do with how groups of people carry fear and negativity over generations, you know? Mm -hmm. This is something that I've heard people talk about as a theory, because historically a lot of Irish people came from kind of an oppressed background and oppressed by the British and oppressed by different groups and, you know, poverty and like, living in rural Ireland where they couldn't you know so anyway the point I guess all that is to say I'm interested to know at a collective level why people carry fear because for me you know I'm lucky enough to live in a, in a nice place now and, and, and I'm relatively you know I had a decent education and I've got good experience in life so I can somewhat objectively recognize fear when it comes up 
but I can't stop it. It's still mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So I see it coming up in silly little things. It might be jujitsu, it might be starting a job, it might be meeting people I haven't seen in a long time. But like, I am quite a nervous person and I can't just switch it off. I yeah. can maybe try to understand it better, but um, I don't know, it's interesting. These are the things that will come up, you know, in, in a DMT experience, whereas mm -hmm. like a experience, it makes you confront that. But, uh, but I just find it interesting because a lot of the time when you dig into it, there's no real logical reason for the fear, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, yeah, resistance is kind of related to that. Um, resistance is a funny one because sometimes I wonder if we take it back to kind of actions and habits. If, for me, my, my resistance struggle is laziness. Mm -hmm. That's my resistance struggle. So, for example, just simple things like get off my fucking phone. You know, it's easy to knock it off it, so I'll stay on it. Isn't that so funny? Like, you'll be scrolling and you're like, I should stop doing yeah. this. I should really we're stop. All... And we're just like, my fucking thumb just yeah. keeps going. I'm like, I'm not even interested in looking at the shit that's coming up right now, but it's just still... And, and it's mundane things like, I know I need to fucking clean the kitchen or I know I need to go and wash those clothes or whatever it is. Um, but like, it, it's it's <laughs> little cameo from yeah, little little oh. doggy cameo. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because um, we've gone into the mundane now, but it it lives there as well. Resistance because you could talk about it at a at a spiritual level. You could talk about resistance to you know what you're destined to become. Blah blah blah. But even at a mundane level, there's resistance to just doing things that you know you should do. So, you know, fitness and jiu-jitsu is one of them. Um, calling your friends or calling your parents. You That's know. a huge one for me. I suck at that kind of stuff. Like relationships? Mm. Mm. What? How does it manifest for you? I don't know. Well, you just I don't... get like weird anxiety. I don't like making phone calls. That's fine. That's fine. Let them let join. You know what I'll do? I'm going to... I don't know if it's going to mess with the sound, but I'm going to turn it on and blast the, the little AC? bit of AC. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. I just want to... I did set a timer, I think. Yeah. So, don't mind, um, don't mind the noise. This is a raw podcast, everybody. Everybody, all it, of I like, I like very much how it's going in very many directions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, many yeah. directions. And it's good. <laughs> I'm getting to know. I'm getting to know you better. Uh, I hope it's uh, vice versa. Experimental, um, just like my jujitsu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Movement. <laughs> and every, where's it going to go next? Who knows? Man, you have to mind the hesitations. <laughs> hesitations? <laughs> Hesistance. Oh, hesistance. Man, you must not hesist. Ah, don't hesist. Don't hesist. Hespect the, uh... Have muito respect and don't hesist. <laughs> I'm sorry to any Brazilians listening. Oh. I'm really sorry. I uh, want to ask Marcus to be on my podcast, but I'm too shy, but... You should, and he will, absolutely. I bet he will. He was... Because you remember he recently... Oh, this truck's going to hit me. I know, he might. Oh, here he comes. He's very close. He's going to... Here it goes. Damn. I really thought he was gonna hit you. Yeah, this is a weird angle now. He's parking it. Yeah, well. If if you were ever listening to this, Mister License Plate. Can you do that? Can I do what? I Call know. people out. Oh, my license plate. It's you're, too late. Well, if he hits you. You're gonna have you. to edit it out. <laughs> I don't know, is that like illegal or something? Cause Maybe, yeah. No, I, do, I, I do think th I just doxed somebody. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to cut that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, let's just add a flag. Uh, I, I play this little game. Okay, so... You're right. <laughs> I should have just said Mr. Frontier Truck. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, whatever. So, is it yeah, sorry. I kind of want him to hit your car? <laughs> yes, yeah, so we'd have a bit of drama. Yeah. Oh, the AC's Shake nice, isn't it? Up. It Woo. is, yeah, yeah. 
It's, so, if anything, it's just like a low, a little hum. But that's, yeah. I think that's fine. Anybody can handle it. So um, I'm trying to think, is there anything else I really need to ask Matea now? Yeah. One at a time. Uh, I just had a thought. Oh, look at this little gangster here. Oh, I was going to say. Give me a thought. Okay, so I like to um, play these like little games. Oh yeah, the radio. Come yeah, on. Yeah, sorry about that. There's... Amateur. <laughs> Amateur hour. <laughs> this guy looks like he trains jujitsu. Straight up. Yeah. Sorry, what's the game? Um, where like, oh, he's got a doodle. It's a nice doodle. Dude, everybody's got a doodle these days. I don't. Did you know that that guy who like first bred doodles is on the record saying that he regrets it and he wishes he never did? Really? Yeah, Why? Yeah. He says they're insane. He's like, those dogs are insane. Really? And I wish they didn't exist. Well, I don't know if he said I wish, but he's, he basically... What's, what's bad about them? What's... I don't know. I guess just something they're just temperamental in some sort of way. But I got quite a few doodles that come to my daycare, and like most of them are fine. I mean, that's a thing though. With run dog dog tangent here, that is actually a thing that we should feel bad because we have bred so many breeds, and some of them we shouldn't have done it. Like, what if they love their lives? Yeah. Sorry. Let me, let me clarify. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying that it's cruel, or I'm not saying that the, all 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 these particular breeds are miserable. I'm just saying that. We've ended up, in, you know. So there's some breeds, and I'm not an expert. Please correct me because you know more about dogs. But I know there's some breeds that they can never naturally give birth, or they're like <laughs> some of the squash nose English bulldogs, and they yeah, walk around. Yeah, the French bulldogs. And they just have they, get... they have a look of just like kill me. I don't want to be here. Even though they're probably happy, sometimes I just look at them and I think. Or you listen to them breathe, and they're like. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I know. And you're like, what? But and yeah. I just feel bad, even though they're probably fine. But I just, I do sometimes feel, what have we done? Yeah. You know. But then again. I had a phase with that also, where I was like, this is so wrong. And then after working at my daycare, and I like meet these dogs. Like, there's this dog named Morty, who's a French bulldog, and he's just an absolute hilarious specimen. And I'm like, he seems pretty happy. You know, he actually does. He masturbates on the couch. He like <laughs> does this thing where he just like sits and he uses his little dog elbow <laughs> and just like rubs it on his wiener. <laughs> And like, That's and his tongue, and because it, you know, he has like no snout, you know, there's just like his eyes and just then face. some nostrils, yeah. and he has a little underbite, but his tongue is like long enough for a whole dog jaw. Yeah. And he'll just like, his tongue will keep coming out, and he'll just, his, and He's we have to tell him. fellatio and all sorts yeah. of, wow, good for him. The things I would, I would, I kind of want to like make, I was thinking about just making a list of like things that I hear said at my work and like, you know be like guess what I do you know so mm -hmm. for example like no masturbating on the couch or like stop humping your sister or <laughs> yeah put your wiener away or <laughs> pretty reasonable request you know what I mean things, exactly things you like, shouldn't have to say that's right I don't pee there yeah you know don't, um don't shit on that part that's right yeah what was your game no pooping on the couch um before we forget <laughs> oh uh just like where I'm like, I'm just gonna, I, I like basically consider it, um, oh, okay, so I'll look at license plates and I'll, I'll look for, um, like numbers that represent my birthday. So I'm like, if I'm having, basically I'll consider them like little like moments of alignment, like, oh, hey, mm. things are going well, you know, like whatever, just basically, I'll just take it as a good sign to mm -hmm, simplify. I'm mm -hmm. like, if I see this, it's a good sign. And so, so I look for something either with LA, like Latea, Alicia, mm -hmm, or LO, you know, Mm -hmm. First and last name, um, and then eleven for November, twenty nine, mm -hmm. and ninety two, and 
I was like, I just started doing this like when I came back home this year mm -hmm. and it's fucking everywhere. Like there'll be days where I'll see like five license plates that are like that. And I, I, what I, the reason why I brought it up is because I wanted to take pictures of them just so that I could like, because mm -hmm. um, I told Ray and I was like, this is, there's so many. Mm -hmm. And he's like, maybe it's just that, you know, those numbers are really popular in Vancouver. I'm like, even if that's the case, isn't it funny that it's like, they're just everywhere mm -hmm. right at the time that I decided to play this when, game, yeah, you know? Yeah. Did you say 29, 11? 11, 29, 92. So, you want to talk about crazy cosmic coincidences? Mm. So, okay, let me get this right now because, so my mum had a book years ago about numerology. Mm. And I don't understand it and I don't remember all the details, but I do remember if you go by this book's theories and you follow their the little, um, uh, what's the word, formulas that it gives you, everybody has a birth number, yeah. so you're assigned a number. And so I think you get to it by adding up the digits in your date of birth, mm. something like that. Like I was 1986, 10th of April, so like one plus nine plus eight plus six plus one plus zero plus zero plus four. Okay. Something like that. And what's my number come to? What? 29. 29. And the way they do it is you get your number and your number is 29 slash 11 because it's two nine slash add the two of them together and nine and two is 11. So my astro astrology number is 2911. Whoa! What about that? Cool! I hope I remember that correctly, but I'm pretty certain because I noticed that because when I, years ago, I, I moved to France for a few months for, for school. I did didn't a, even know that about you, Brian. Yeah, there you go. I did, a, I did an, a thing called Erasmus Exchange where in Europe, anybody who studies in the EU, you can go for one of your years, you can apply for this program and they send you to this other country and they send someone to your country. Hmm. And now I had to I, d I had to do my whole third year in French of my course, it was crazy. Anyway, the room I moved into in the dorm was 29. Was and I kept seeing it years later in different places. I lived in a place, 29, whatever street it was in Cork. So anyway. What would you think when you saw it? I, I just, I would joke about it because I have another friend who, um, you know, he, we talk, we kind of joke about this. He'll always say, um, you know, we'll be having a chat and he'll look and the time will be 1111 mm -hmm. on the thing or something. And the next day we'll be chatting again. He'll go, you go look at the clock and it's the same time. So he's always looking for these coincidences. Um, so I joke with him about it and say, ah, oh, bro, I'm, I'm 29 is my number and I keep seeing it. And he, I mean, we kind of joke about it, but yeah, I don't, I can't explain it. Is mm -hmm. it because we're looking for it more probably or is actually. it because it's there it's it probably a bit of both yeah. i don't think those kind of things have any like innate meaning on their own i think it's like no. whatever we decide to let them mean yeah is, is what and with numbers you can you can if you look for it you can find especially totally. with like a lot of digits you can find a lot of yeah um, anything seeking so new like here immediately i'm looking and i'm like okay well it's 68 so that you could switch that over it's 86 that's my year that's my date of birth yeah you know? or that's my year of birth and then three three beside it and three threes is nine and my buddy's lucky number is nine he's always three, looking three, three, quite a stretch so, uh, nice you nice. know there you go yeah, yeah but but again like that's me putting it all together yeah. and it is a stretch so if i took those two threes turn them on their side put an o in between them spelled mom <laughs> she's born in 1968 see you know i mean parental person there's mom just, 68 there's what? you don't even have to look there's so much going on <laughs> i'm looking around at more there's just too many i can't oh my you know? gosh have you um yeah those things i think are kind of funny but like I don't know. It's been like probably like five years since I started actually considering like what I think coincidences are, mm -hmm. and basically I just think that they're not. Not I, I think the because the I think. Easy now. Take a beat. <sighs> Take a beat. Um. Because the word coincidence is generally 
understood as like something that happened at some sort of fluke chance mm. that you know doesn't necessarily mean anything or have anything to do with the people mm -hmm. who experienced the coincidence mm -hmm. and I just don't really think that's the case I remember when I obviously I don't know anything about quantum physics but when I heard about the phenomena of uh, quantum entanglement mm. have you heard of that no so it's like basically somehow um, where they've I don't know how they measure this but like a particle can it, as one particle can somehow like split and exist in two very different oh, yes, ways. It can like yes, jump. Yes. That like it can jump to space. I heard in Joe Hogan instant, talking about it. Yeah. And you're like, huh? What do you mean? Yeah. And yeah. so it can blink in and out of existence. I heard about yeah, this. Yeah, and like yeah. and exist in a totally different place. Mm -hmm. Um and and I remember just when I heard that I was like, wait a minute. So to me, the first thing that came to mind was like, I thought about, you know, those kind of coincidences where, you know, you think of somebody and then they call you or you think of somebody and then, you know, you see them on the street mm -hmm. or you, whatever. Like you think mm -hmm. of some sort of thing and then very shortly after it presents itself to you in some mm -hmm. way. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, maybe I wonder like if that can be explained somehow mm -hmm. through quantum entanglement, which yeah. obviously I could not be the person to do that. But maybe someone who's really smart might be able to do that um, or disprove it. You know what I mean? But um it's just some weird stuff. I, th I don't. I'm like obsessed with the uh, like the idea of like truth. I guess mm. like what are like I like trying to learn about things that are like universal truths. Mm. Like so, if you can look for patterns and behaviors that um, we can measure like at the microscopic scale that also happen like mm. at the m macroscopic. Mm -hmm. Would that be a thing? You know, like so. Um, I don't know what for example um are you talking about observable scientific producible experiments uh, you know I physics guess. and stuff like that i don't know i get well let's see what's something that i just yeah i mean physics so like so the quantum physics is like measuring like things that are like you know too small for us to see with the mm -hmm. naked eye and mm -hmm. then physics physics would be um in Gravity like, and such. Right. Yeah. Which, like, we hardly even understand. Yeah. Well, I think gravity we do, but, I mean, if anything, quantum physics is probably the lesser understood, I believe, mm. area than, than again, classic physics. I mean, gravity and, and gravitational pull and, you know, astronomy and all that. I think, um, like, a lot of, like, actual quantum physicists or, like, physicists are on the record saying, like, anybody who, like, claims that they understand quantum physics yeah. obviously doesn't. Yeah. You know, um, but I yeah. guess that's the thing, like, to really, like... Can anybody really, truly, actually understand anything objectively? Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so there's a bunch of stuff to unpack there. There's a load of stuff and it's also another fascinating thing to think about is think about everything we know now as of now in 2021 as the whole modern world, uh, the, the point that science is at and then think about where we were at. Uh, hundred years ago, mm. which is nothing, which is such a small amount of time in human existence. So, it that's what blows my mind is to think where we'll be in another hundred years in terms of our understanding about the observable universe. Now, to your point, the question about truth—that there's almost—I mean, we're getting really deep now, and I, I I'm not qualified to speak to this, but it's alright, and we probably have like twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> but the, then it gets into philosophy because then you talk about okay, if we can observe stuff, does that make it true? Mm. And you could probably argue for or against that. You know, I personally don't even know where to start with that. But I think that's where you get into philosophy because, and you get into uh, theology mm. because there's 
people out there who might be very religious and they might this is a whole other thing where they um, and I know people like this who accept science but still are very religious and would would base a lot of their life uh, beliefs and practices on a holy book first, yeah. yeah which when you think about it is you know I mean you, you could argue for or against it but is kind of a strange way to do it so I guess we're not as a species we're not mature enough I would say to be at the point where we can differentiate those we still muddle mm -hmm. them together mm -hmm. you know um yeah you just said something really cool like oh uh if we can observe something does that make Is, it true yeah and then from that what I said in my head was oh just the idea that again two people can observe the same thing and have completely different experiences of it mm -hmm. there's this guy on rec beach who's like a um would you call him a local a regular mm -hmm. he's there all the time rec beach is like beautiful beautiful place there's always like people who are like happy and like playing and everybody's fucking joyful and this man is just so he's just he doesn't see any of that mm -hmm. he's just only looking for problems mm -hmm. you know he sees people playing ball and he's like someone should tell those guys to stop playing ball because they're gonna hit somebody i was digging a hole and he was like <laughs> he was mad at me digging yeah. the hole but he wasn't gonna tell me not to dig the hole he was telling me that the park ranger was gonna come you know not be impressed and yeah. then the park ranger came over spoke to me he was fine he's like just you know be out of here by sunset and then he yeah. came back over he's like what did he say and i was like he did he said to be out by sunset he's yeah. like he didn't say fill in the hole he's like yeah he's really doing his job yeah. and you know so just an example of like you know <laughs> even in a place where everybody else is having like a really joyful experience this yeah. one person might be in the exact same place at the exact same time yeah it, it's but what he's seeing is not that at all yes. what he's seeing is entirely different from from yeah, we're all from observing what's happening. and yeah. so like that's what i think is so hilarious i keep i keep thinking about not really so much as of late but there was a while when i kept thinking like is any like is there any if there was one thing that everybody could agree on is true not saying we're going to figure it out right now but just yeah. as a just as a thought experiment like if if you could isolate if you could identify perhaps one thing mm -hmm. that could be that could would be considered true mm -hmm. by all people mm -hmm. what might it be yeah i don't There's know no wrong answer because, no you know i would i would probably guess that the f the, f the place to start mm -hmm. you would think would be natural science that the world of natural science which is which is the observable way that plants and animals around us behave you know um so in that regard like what plants are made of and going down into their cellular level and like chlorophyll and all that kind of stuff um, or the way bacteria behave and all this and um, so you would think that that's a place to start but again then you run into let me close this window a lot of noise and um, then you run into well we've observed this we've documented this you know way that we measure uh the world around us but it's still subject to a little bit of subjectivity because some people might not see it that same way so um i would that's where i would start i would start with the observable natural science around us and then you could branch into physics and astronomy and stuff but that gets mm. like the fact like even astronomy and physics is tricky because there's certain things that aren't as obviously measurable mm -hmm. you know so natural science things are for the most part i think quite measurable like again we can we can dissect a frog and we can cut through a plant and we can start to 
literally pick it apart and look at mm. you know the roots of a tree and see what, what it's doing so I would hope that that's where we start but then you get into the question of culture culture colors how we see things mm. and so culture is really interesting because that's like so for example that if, we've created yeah you know? so for example if you're not if you don't subscribe to Western education ideas let's say you are uh, you know the First Nations person in this part of the world or you're a native person or you're a native uh, Pacific Islander or something and you have your own understanding of how the natural world around you operates um, who's to say that our methods of measuring it are better or more true than yours mm. you know so that's again it seems obvious because we're I'm it seems obvious to me I'm Western and white and all this kind of stuff so to me and I mean my, my partner is a scientist she's mm -hmm. she's a, much more qualified to talk about this than I am so to me it seems obvious that observable science is clear and is black and white but there's always a but mm -hmm. because there's people all around the world and we've come our history is very long and very deep many hundreds of thousands of years old as humans on this planet mm -hmm. and so it might be somewhat arrogant of us to uh, assume that our scientific measurement of things in the last one or two hundred years is truth. Mm. Yeah, I'll leave it at that because I'm not sure where else I'm going with it. But yeah, yeah so I, I would sum it up by saying I would like to think we start there, and I think we do. And if I if you push me on it, I think that is truth. I think our observable science is truth, uh, starting with natural sciences and all that. But I can't sit here and say with certainty that I'm that we are right on this because mm. again we're using the tools we have and humans are flawed and yeah. we learn this every few years and I think every few years every and by the day. way sorry <laughs> and and that's what and that's one thing I do like about science is that it is by its nature constantly second-guessing itself so the whole yeah. scientific community is never final that is one yeah. good thing we can say about it it doesn't claim to be final and that's what differentiates it from theology for example and religion which does claim to be final often to mm -hmm. a, to its detriment and so. religion is such a strange thing to me you said um ah oh, what did you just say something Sorry, oh, I comparing like i know so many but it just made me think of okay it's actually we're going off on another tangent and it's totally unrelated to really kind of what we were just talking about but i just wanted to bring it up anyways have you ever have you read the the book um sex at dawn by Christopher Ryan. No, I've heard of it. I have not read it. So that's the one where he like, uh, basically like goes into talking about different cultures and like their approaches and and he talks about like chimps and bonobos and stuff and like how they're compared to people, but like their different approaches to like relationship and sex mm -hmm. and stuff. But there's this one tribe of people and I don't, I'm like, was it the Yawanawa tribe in South America or something or? Or it might have been somewhere somewhere in Africa. I'm really sorry. I don't actually remember. But How he was talking. You. I know. So How dare you reference a tribe without giving me the exact <laughs> genus and background and historical classification <laughs> of said tribe. Can't trust anything anyway. I'm going to say next. Um, but. Okay, so he was talking about how they raise children, you know, so like instead mm. of um, just basically talking about how like in the Western world, it's very commonplace to have this idea of like monogamy you know like so one you know a father and a mother and they will raise the child together like as two parents mm -hmm. and maybe with the support of like some family and stuff but then they were t comparing like um in this tribe they because they weren't relying on like modern day science they didn't actually understand like how conception worked and mm -hmm. and so the way that they believed was like so if a woman say wanted to have a child with 
you know, she wanted to make a child that was, you know, strong, funny, and smart, then she would select the strong guy, the funny guy, and the mm -hmm. smart guy, and she would have sex with all three of those guys. Mm -hmm. And then they would consider the child to be born of like all of, of all their of mm. their their DNA or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and then not only that, but all three of those men would accept the role of his father. Right. So that was kind of really and so I guess when you were talking about like the Western, you know, sciences compared to like other yeah. places in the world. But I just thought that was so neat because even though it's not how it actually works, yeah. it's a system that works really well for these people. Yeah. So now, like now, there's a child who think about all the people who grow up like without a dad at all, yeah. and like now this child has three, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. a strong dad, yeah. a funny dad, and a smart dad, and they're all gonna teach teach them like yeah. how to have all of those qualities. And yeah. so like even though they might not genetically like, you know, have have the DNA of of those three guys, they would still be like raised by them, mm -hmm. and in that sense, like kind of become that kind of person, mm -hmm. which is kind of neat. Yeah, I, but I like hearing about stuff like that. That ju is just like so different from the way that we operate, and, yes. I, and that's what I liked about traveling. Also, is you get to yes. see that there's so many different ways yes. of operating. And I think this is the big thing. That's again, I don't want to say science is way too broad, but this is a challenge we have as a collection of cultures on the earth is to like where where is the source on how to live like morality the whole area of morality uh, is a very tricky one because you know observable science is a little bit easier because you're just observing what's around you and mm -hmm. you have a scientific method to experiment and to uh, critique each other and to dig down into what's true but the question of how do we live our lives is a huge one and it's it's kind of in what's the word in inexplicably and what's the word untangleable I don't know what the word sure, is. Sure, I like untangleable. Untangleable? Untangleable. It's inseparable yeah. from culture and uh, cultural uh, norms. Mm -hmm. So that's fascinating to me because the whole idea of who decides what's right and wrong. So again, we live in the West. We live in a very westernized very a country with a very high quality of living, you'd say. But it's based, if you dig down into it, largely on kind of... I don't know, a collection of moral values that some of them might be Christian and some of them might be through, I mean, our law systems, if you go back far enough, or maybe based on English common law, which was related to Roman times, if you go back, blah, blah, blah. So everything's related to something, but uh, it's like the science thing. Who's to say which is the right one? Mm. And we all just assume that this is, I mean, we know the big ones. We know we shouldn't kill people. You know, we, we know we shouldn't, uh, you know, commit violence and go around raping people and like do all the things that are harmful but it's the nuances about how to live our lives like mm -hmm. that relationships mm -hmm. I mean who decides what the family unit is and who decides why monogamy is what it is and who decides how we raise children so that's um, something that we haven't figured out and it's I the source of a lot of problems I was I kind of like make a little joke about it when I say like I was like one thing that we all must absolutely do is not insist on how others behave and how it's not mm -hmm. said well but like basically mm -hmm. just trying to be like okay like obviously it's with, with, with one exception everyone should train jiu-jitsu yeah that's apart from that 100 percent. apart from that i don't yeah i don't i can't tell you how to live your life except for one thing and that is you must try jiu-jitsu at least once yeah. but apart from that 
You can yeah. live your life however you want. And also eat your vegetables. And Just eat your kidding. vegetables. No, yeah. no, 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 because there's people who out there who do the carnivore diet and they're fucking thriving, some of them. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think what uh, where things get tricky is when we try to find like one absolute answer or way of being for all people for mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you know as the best. I know mm -hmm. it's gross. Sorry, it's sorry. That's okay. It doesn't get as I'm hot as it does more, in my car. Yeah, more space. My car, like I literally like. It's a hot box. Sweat, sweat. It's really crazy. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think. Uh, where are we at time wise? Um, where I don't know. We got like ten minutes or okay. something. Yeah, I mean, do you do you have any um, close friends that are religious? Recent, there's a there's a guy in there's a couple guys in Langley who are Christian. Yeah. And like I don't I and so I'm just like really curious about it. I'm like, tell me about Christianity. Yeah, like yeah. what do you what what what's that about? So you, were, you know? so you were raised with zero religious. Yeah, I was raised in a religious family, so I was like my my dad had a had a girlfriend who was Christian once and she like bought me a kid's Bible and I read some of it but like not all of it and but I and I went to she took me to church like one time mm -hmm. uh, like I had an old boyfriend whose grandma was Catholic but like she didn't like you know she was just always at church she didn't like mm -hmm. teach me anything about mm -hmm. I, for mo most of my experience has been like as I've grown up and I've met people who were raised religious they've like expressed like a pretty strong distaste like towards yeah. like however it unfolded for them like my friend Mark was talking about like being raised Catholic and he was like I don't know I thought the whole thing was kind of funny like you know you go to church and we, we practice pretend cannibalism and like pretending yeah. to drink someone's blood he's like I thought that was kind of weird yeah. and and yeah and I, I was like that that's yeah. in a funny way 100%. but um but yeah like and and I've met some people who are I mean Rayanne's uh like dad's side of the family is all Muslim and so they're mm. very religious and um I don't know, but for me, like uh, the, I believe in God, and that was mostly because of the DMT thing. I was like, mm. oh, okay, I was like, it was like we fucking shook hands, and mm. I was like, okay, get it, I feel you, you know. But so, even that, <laughs> but that again, like that experience, that word is so loaded. It's so loaded. When I say God, I know that yeah. nobody knows what I mean. I know what you're saying. But do in, you? You don't? No, well, even no, I don't. Exactly. True, true. Sorry. Right. Let me, let me, let me uh, okay. clarify. Yeah. I don't know. What's, I can't say that I know what you're saying, but I know. I think I know what you're trying to express. Right. I don't know what your experience of it is, but uh, at least I, I, I believe I understand uh, what you're trying to express insofar as it's not, yeah. The yeah. word gets so loaded, and depending on where you're from and what your upbringing is and what your religious affiliation may or may not be, that word is so loaded. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I think, um, I think one thing that makes religion, like, quite funny to me is just when you look at like how many like wars and stuff like how many people yeah. have been like murdered you know in the name of god on whatever from whatever you know side of the thing i just think like i don't think like god has any interest in like mm -hmm. us um like trying to assert ourselves over one mm -hmm. another mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. i don't think like god has any interest in like whether you you believe in God the same way that I do or not so mm -hmm. like that's just, just to me I'm just like oh like that's so wild that like for so many uh, years large groups of people have like gotten together to try to like convert one another to see yeah. things the way that they yeah. see things because what a futile fucking effort because yeah, we're yeah. all yeah. gonna see things our own way anyways yeah um but yeah 
we ended up on religion. That was, it was bound to Weird, go there. right? Was it? Like, yeah. I don't know about you. Were you so Irish Catholic then? Yeah, yeah. Pretty standard. My upbringing was very standard for most Irish people in the 80s. Um, but my family are not. So my parents are not uh, religious. Technically, uh, they are Catholic. And we were right. But our, again, it's like... Religion in particular parts of the world is so interlinked with culture depending on where you grew up. Yeah. So here, for example, if you were to be born now in Vancouver today as a child, your parents would probably, well then it's like depending on their background, but let's just say you didn't have any affiliation. Your parents would probably have to make a choice if they wanted to send you to in the direction of say a Jewish or a Catholic mm. or whatever. In Ireland in the 80s, in rural Ireland, growing up in the countryside, it was kind of intertwined into the culture that you were, for the most part, either Catholic or Protestant, or, mm. or maybe something else. So, because when you go to schools in rural Ireland, they're controlled by the church. So the schools, I know, yeah, fuck off. It's okay, it's okay. It's always the little ones. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, I was I was brought up technically Catholic because I went to a Catholic school, and but that was more a question of convenience as opposed to anything my parents wanted to. Oh, so they never. The it was just the nearest school. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was, yeah. and it was the nearest school and the nearest high school I went to. They happened to be Catholic, and it was just part of the culture. But then when you grow up to a certain age, they just never nobody. There was no expectation that you would carry that through to your adult life. And yeah. that's what happened. We all, like you said about your friend earlier, me and my brother both realized pretty early on, especially Catholicism in, in particular. I mean, you could say this about all organized religions, but Catholicism in particular, it's quite, if you take a step back, it's quite easy to see the major flaws. And the. it's just so easy to see that it was made up by a bunch of people you know, I mean, in robes with gold chalices in Rome, a bunch of dudes who say yeah. that you can't have sex. And then, of course, they impose that rule to say that nobody can have sex. And what happens? Yeah. They go out raping boys. You know, yeah. of course, when you turn humans into things like this, you it's going to happen. You try to fucking control anybody so or, there's like, no... suppress natural exactly. things there's... as they come out in a yeah. nasty way. So there's no, it's pretty clear, there's no, in my opinion, there's no real God at work there. This is what humans have done throughout time. We've created groups, and those groups get a collective idea of how life should be. And like you said, they spend a lot of time and effort trying to get people to think the same way as them. Mm. And we get very extravagant with our outfits and hymns and prayers and... And the money. And palaces and money. And, yeah. and that's just human behavior. We've always done that. We've always created groups collectively, tribally, and held... Collect and, and so religion is, in my opinion, another part of that. Now, that's not to say that there aren't... Because then I know a lot of people who are religious. I know some people who are religious. And they do find true beauty and fulfillment and you know so I'm not saying that that can't exist in a religious context it can but uh, I think that's more of an individual journey that you kind of mm -hmm. come to mm -hmm. I think as an organized thing I think we can kind of observe at this point in human history that a lot of it is driven by human behavior and not by what they claim to be kind of um, yeah deities that have passing down information I don't know mm. it's uh I don't know. It's a tricky one. How do you feel about being told how to be? Or what to believe? Or how to think or what to do? Yeah, that... That... that I don't feel great about. Right. And I think... <laughs> yeah. And I think this is our challenge. We have to... Because for legal reasons, in order to live in a civilized society, we have to make a collective agreement that we will or will not do certain things. So I, I think... 
I think most, and again, I'm probably biased here because I, I am historically Western European, but, you know, you look at major Western European democracies in France and, you know, and Ireland, the UK, and they've exported their socialist ideas to here. Um, for the most part, I think we've got it right, these secular societies, because we're trying to build a relatively fair society. What does secular mean? Uh, non-religious okay, okay yeah yeah so like so france is famously a non-secular country they for forbid religion from their kind of constitutional mm. you know documentation right. and all that we haven't done that in ireland we still are tied to the catholic church in a lot of ways Whoa. the uk i'm not quite sure and um, i should know but anyway i think we've somewhat started to get a good balance because we've set up laws about things you know you can't do this you can't do that um but we don't tell people how to think mm -hmm. and we don't tell people how to have how to who they can have sex with or mm -hmm. how many children they can have you know that's when it gets so that's where i draw the line i think we as a, as 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 humans we need laws for mm -hmm. obvious reasons and we need law and order and training a dog but that yeah yeah boundaries rules and limitations no, yeah. no 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 like you know, oh sorry you're talking about how you train a dog how you would train yeah, a yeah, dog yeah, yeah. you know 100%. like so you want so in order for the dog to have like a sense of security and freedom and joy they need to yes. know what's what they're allowed to do and yes. what they're not allowed to do yeah. they need to know who to look for you for guide yes. look to you for guidance you know what yeah. i mean and so the once you have those boundaries those rules those limitations like yeah. here here's the things that you cannot do yeah. and then then they they can actually enjoy a sense of yeah. freedom you know what yeah. i mean and they're not going to be getting in trouble all the time for doing shit yeah. that they know what's required of them yes Anyways, go back. And, and no and, and i think um where the problem with that is again taking it back to religion you will have there are a lot of religious people out there of the opinion that that morality as it exists nowadays came from religion so a lot of people right. you know will say that the Ten Commandments were the precursor to a lot of our behaviors. You know, thou shall not kill, thou shall not, you know, cover, cover, uh, covet the neighbor's wife, which I think is have sex with your neighbor's wife. Covet, all right, sure, but, sure. but then again, the people who say that, then there's a lot of stuff in there about like wacky stuff about you shouldn't have sheep in the yard at this time. Or crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, are we out of time and I'm ranting? Oh, that's okay. Anyway, I'm going to wrap it up and say <laughs> on that whole thing about, yeah, your question was like, do I like being told how to, how to live? Um, I think we just need to find that balance and the, the the challenge with religious stuff is if you dig down they're basing it on books from thousands of years ago that's the issue mm. and I think where we written need written by yeah exactly <laughs> so I think we need to get to a point where you know we collectively agree okay we don't do these things because we know they're not good we know murder is not good and we know cooperation in communities is good we can see that now today we don't need to look back into history i think we need to get to that point because if you always point to an ancient book it's eventually gonna be problematic because mm. just look at how much humans change mm -hmm. you know so i think we just need to find a collective way to agree on what we think is a good way to live at a minimum level without all the details like go off into your home and do whatever you want just don't kill anyone don't steal anything and we'll get on fine i'm trying to solve the worst problems in uh, in in a 30 second uh, synopsis yeah. but how do you um, do no you're fine i don't think i did it <laughs> you know what but that's it's it's not up to you to fix the whole world I know. but you understand that you can like improve the quality of your inner world and then uh that'll change how you operate in the outer world and how you interact with other people and then you have that kind of like domino effect you know what I mean because you're not a absolutely. fucking asshole because, absolutely right well like your man uh, what's his name Pe nice. Jordan Peterson said you know Peterson the whole Peterson sorry, <laughs> Peterson. 
Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. I don't know about the Canadian yeah, pronunciation. Yeah, no, that's good. I could try and do my impression of him. Oh, well, you might think. Um, that's your Jordan That's my Jordan Pearson impression, yeah. Because um, another way he's always saying, and you might say, well, blah, 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 and you might very well look at that and say, well, he does a lot of that. <laughs> anyway, I was going to finish up by saying um, the whole clean your room thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what you're saying. Start with yourself. Mm. Right? Is that what you're saying? A little bit. But also, I mean, so, I mean, one, like, in changing your thought patterns even mm -hmm. just the way that you're thinking taking or that but the cleaning your room is a good way to like use and your immediate yeah. outer world your outer environment your bedroom you know get that in order because that will in turn affect your the state of your mind mm -hmm. you know and then once you clean up your mood your moon, your clean, moon. Up, clean up your room that'll clean up your mind then you clean up your mind and that'll kind of help clean up your whole fucking life so anyways <sighs> jujitsu is really good for helping me yes. um learn to uh take advice because i don't love it i'm sure yeah. you can tell like, no i'm the same yeah i've got better at like accepting like it's bled into my work life mm. you know if i fuck up at work now and somebody shows me that i did i'm better at accepting it mm -hmm. and i'm better at going yeah i fucked up yeah six seven years ago and they're I letting know so you can do better yeah. yeah yeah and we see it all the time we we all see when somebody's won't won't own up to something yeah the great thing about jiu-jitsu to bring it back is you you just can't do that because you're going to be shown you did it wrong there's no point in arguing well i didn't i didn't mean to it doesn't matter you did yeah. it wrong so um listen it's been a pleasure it's been a slice. and thank you for listening to me and Thank you for participating and inviting me. Thanks for hosting us in your, your car studio because... It was a bit hot, but it, yeah. we got there. We're good. All right. Um, let's go train. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, bye.